And I imagine there are a number of reasons why you're here this morning at this guest service. Perhaps you're here as a result of a friend or family member's invitation. Perhaps you're new to the area and you're wondering about checking out your local church. Maybe you've been coming to HTC for a while and you've heard us teaching on Abraham and Sons, which is our current series. Or there might be another reason I've not yet touched on. But whatever the reasons, one of the great things about this church is that you get to explore questions about God. Questions like, does God exist? If so, what is God like? Does God like me? Do I like God? These are big questions, more adequately answered over a period of time. But a question many people have, and the one I want to focus on this morning is, if God wants me to believe in him, why doesn't he make his existence more apparent, more obvious? I find many people ask, if God is real, why does he seem to make himself so far off? Why is he hard to see? Well, this morning, I want to suggest that God is not far off at all. In fact, God is a lot closer than we think. And to do this, I'm going to use the two Bible passages that we had read out to us. The first is from the Old Testament book of Genesis, recalling an encounter which Abraham and Sarah, his wife, have with God. And the second is from the New Testament Gospel of Luke, recalling Zacchaeus' encounter with Jesus. These passages might be separated by 2,000 years of history, but it's my contention that both are very relevant to our life situations today. In them we see, firstly, that God meets us where we are, and that secondly, God meets us for a reason. And uh, inside your new seats, you'll see a bit of a blue, light blue batting order. Some people like to take notes as we go through. That's why they're there. To begin with then, looking at God meets us where we are. Throughout history, God has been meeting people where they are. And if you want to go through the story with me, it's on page 17, uh, the first bit in the, uh, the Bibles. So God meets Abraham whilst he's sitting at the entrance to his tent in the heat of the day. In the other words, somewhere around lunchtime. And in truth, it's not immediately obvious that God has come knocking on Abraham's door. The Bible says Abraham looks up and sees three men standing nearby. Now, out in the semi-wilderness, it wouldn't be that uncommon for passers-by to seek shelter from the scorching sun and to try and grab a bite to eat. But something in Abraham tells him that these are no ordinary visitors, no ordinary guests. But what is it that tells Abraham these are no ordinary guests? Well, to answer that question, we need to know just a little bit of the backstory. And this is actually God's fifth appearance to Abraham. The first appearance happened back in Genesis chapter 12. Here God called Abraham to leave his father and to go with his wife into a foreign land because God had a plan to bless all the peoples of the earth through him and his offspring. Since then, Abraham has been wandering the land with his wife Sarah, trusting in God's promise, but as yet... They've no children. And now, 25 years later on, God has reconfirmed his promise to Abraham on three separate occasions through various means. Therefore, over a long period of time, 
Abraham has learned to become more familiar with God's ways and better attuned to hearing God speak. And it seems it's this familiarity that alerts Abraham to the presence of the divine Lord in his three guests. He's heard about enough, enough about God to recognize his voice, his ways, and his presence. You know, it's like when you come home to a, a familiar meal. You know what to expect as soon as you get in the front door. In the same way, Abraham can just sense that God has turned up with him just where he is. This much is evident from the way Abraham lavishes his guests. Abraham hurries out to the meet, him, meet them, it says. He bows low to the ground. He refers to himself as their servant, despite his incredible wealth. He humbly offers them a little refreshment and then goes to Buster Gut to prepare the most extravagant meal. Now, whilst his guest is eating, he stands to the side to wait on them to see if it can be of any more service. And perhaps you've experienced what it's like to entertain a special guest, that excited and nervous feeling you get inside. As you saw from the video at the start of the service, we recently had the chance to entertain Justin Welby, who came to our church. Now, with the exception of God, uh, Justin Welby is my, and Philip's, ultimate boss. Now, he came to see an event called Connections, which is run for the older folk. Now, normally, Connections is very well prepared. But for Justin's visit, the standard was raised just that little bit higher. Um, so as normally, the delicious chocolate brownies were just made out of chocolate, this time I noticed that cherries had also been thrown into the mix. And uh, I knew the bar had been truly raised when all of a sudden the foyer looked up and there was some quite posh bunting just arrayed very, very delicately. Well, the truth is, you see, it felt right to honour a person we deeply respect. We wanted to show him love and care. Just as it felt right to Abraham to honour his three guests when he sensed the divine presence of the Lord was in his midst. And perhaps today already you can sense the presence of God with you now. He is not far away. He is here. However, Abraham's wife Sarah is in a different place. Sarah's travelled around with her husband for a long time, hoping that she too is caught up in God's plans to bless the world. But as yet, God's not revealed himself to her in the same personal way. Sarah's experience of God feels a bit second-hand. She's more of a spectator sitting on the sidelines, whilst Abraham is involved in the real game. That's how she feels. This explains Sarah's incredulous laugh at the thought of becoming the mother of a great nation when she's inside the tent listening out to the three visitors and Abraham. There was a time when, like Sarah, Abraham too laughed at the promises of God, but he's grown accustomed to hearing God's word. However, even though Sarah's experience of God feels less tangible, that does not mean that she's positioned outside of God's care. The good news is that Sarah's experience of God will reach its full richness a year further down the line. Right now, Sarah's meeting with God might feel awkward or a little uncomfortable, 
But that's not the end of her journey. God knows it will take another year before her heart is truly ready to celebrate all that God is. And we can just read in chapter 21, a few pages on, to see how God fulfills his promise to Sarah. But for the time being, you might feel a similar angst to Sarah. Maybe you look around at those who seem to have it all sorted and you wonder how it is. How is it that friends seem to have rock-solid faith whilst I'm still grasping at straws? Well, the good news is that God is ready to meet you where you are. Now, today, no matter how distant you feel, he's just watching on to see if your hearts are looking out for him. This is what we see from Zacchaeus' meeting with Jesus on page 1053, if you wanted to follow it along. And here we see Jesus meet Zacchaeus whilst he's up a sycamore tree. Now to his contemporaries, Zacchaeus was one of the worst Jews ever. He's a traitor who's made loads of money collecting taxes on behalf of Israel's enemy, the Roman authority. And in the process, he's also taken a very generous back pocket cut for himself. In the eyes of the Jews, Zacchaeus is as far from God as you can possibly get. Yet despite his bad reputation, Zacchaeus is anxious to see Jesus. Zacchaeus wants to discover who Jesus really is. But he knows that his short frame leaves him little chance of spotting Jesus above the big crowd. And so he legs it as fast as he can to the nearest sycamore tree and climbs up it. Here he's got a better vantage point. Now the deal for Jesus was he was on his way to, uh, to Jerusalem. He was just simply passing by Jericho with no real reason to stop. But when he notices that Zacchaeus' heart is open for change, he delays his travels to stop right under the tree. Looking up, Jesus says, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. Jesus publicly declares in front of everybody that he's coming round to stay at Zacchaeus' house. By doing so, Jesus pays Zacchaeus the highest honour. Jesus associates himself with a person nobody respected. Jesus brings the chocolate brownies with cherries to the party himself. It's no wonder the crowd mutter rude thoughts under their breath. How could Jesus, the one who claims to be God's saviour of the world, afford a sinner like Zacchaeus the privilege of hosting him? Why would Jesus mix with somebody so unworthy? Well, it's because Jesus knows that Zacchaeus' history does not define his future. Jesus knows that Zacchaeus' heart is ready to make an immediate 180-degree change. Jesus meets Zacchaeus where he is, offering radical inclusion to a man rejected by his society. And so dazed and amazed, Zacchaeus welcomes Jesus into his home gladly. 
Who wouldn't welcome Jesus gladly after experiencing such extravagant love? Love that reveals the presence of God. How about you? Maybe you felt excluded from the religious crowd. Maybe something in your past makes you feel unworthy before God or even ashamed. It could be that you feel isolated or defined by a stereotype. You simply don't know how to shift. Well, Zacchaeus' meeting with Jesus shows us that when our hearts are open to God, things don't have to remain that way. Because as we'll see from my second point, God meets us for a reason. In the case of Abraham and Sarah, the reason God met them was to assure them of his promise of a son through whom he plans to bless the whole world. And they were starting to be fulfilled. In the case of Zacchaeus, the reason Jesus met him was to bring salvation to his house. Because the Bible says this man too was a son of Abraham. Even though Zacchaeus felt distant from God when he discovered that Jesus had included him in God's plans to bless the world, it completely transformed his life. When Zacchaeus experienced the radical inclusion and forgiveness of Jesus, his heart was transformed by the power of God's love and he wanted everybody else to share in the blessing Look, Lord, here and now, I give half my possessions to the poor, and if I have cheated anybody, which he had, out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. What about in our case? Well, today, Jesus meets us so that we might experience the radical inclusion and forgiveness of God. This was revealed in all its fullness when Jesus died for our sins on the cross separating himself from the Father so that we might be brought near. Then on the third day, he rose again in history as the culmination of God's promise to Abraham to bless the world. This is the reason Jesus wants to meet with you now. To prove that he's done everything necessary to restore your relationship with God to assure you of the gift of new life in him. All he seeks is hearts that are open to change and ready to welcome him in. Well, I could stand and and talk about that. It's my job. (laughs) What I want to do now is prove to you that this is still the case today for everybody. And to do that, I'd like to introduce one of our congregation members, Paul, up to the stage. So, Paul, can you just share with uh, everybody, how long have you been coming to HTC, a little bit about yourself and, uh, and the question, how did God meet with you? So, um, I, I started coming to HTC about three years ago. There was no particular reason why I started coming. Family life was great, work was fine. But afterwards, there was just something in the back of my mind, something, I don't know, something, something wasn't quite right, something maybe was missing, maybe there was something more in life, and I couldn't quite put my finger on it. So I started coming to church very much with an open mind that, that maybe they could help provide some answers. I sat at the back and listened, and the congregation is incredibly friendly, and I'm, I'm proud to say that there's a number of people here in this room who I'd now consider quite close friends with me. 
And uh, so uh, what do you believe was the reason God met with you and how did he meet with you? Um, I suppose the timing of me coming to church was, was great. It was perfect, actually, because shortly after starting, uh, an Alpha course started. For those that don't know what Alpha is, it's... So I went to the evening ones. It was over a period of about nine weeks, one evening a week. And it was a relaxed and informal environment where you could come and uh, ask those questions that are in the back of your mind and really explore the Christian faith in more detail. And that laid a really good foundation for me to, to build off. Um, in, in terms of what it means for me, my, my work sometimes brings me into contact with some quite difficult people, uh, quite insensitive people. And I suppose whilst my life in no way compares to the suffering or injustice that, that Jesus suffered, I think through thinking about that and understanding that, I've discovered that my reaction in those circumstances has maybe changed. Um, I, I want to understand their pain a little bit more. I'm probably a little bit more compassionate than I used to be. Um, I certainly try and forgive those individuals for what they maybe have said or done um, and ultimately pr pray for them. So in a, in a, in a small way, um, I feel a small example, I suppose, that's, that's a good example of how my better understanding of the gospel has maybe changed what I do on a day-to-day -day basis. Thank you ever so much, Paul. That's really helpful. God bless you. Paul has offered us there some more food for thought. And for those of you who are wondering, how can I meet with God today? I want to just summarize from the passages of the Bible that we've looked at. Perhaps, like Abraham, you've grown familiar with God's voice over a long period of time, but you still feel in need of a bit of a pep talk. Then you can take the opportunity to pray at the back, your left, my right, at the back there of the church. There's some prayer ministers who would love to just listen to you and pray with you if you want a bit of an encouragement. Perhaps, like Sarah, you feel like God's left you on the sidelines, whilst everyone around you seems far more certain of their faith. Then why not just uh, heed the message that Sarah had to learn, that you can consider devoting a year to God to find out, is he ready to meet with you? I know if you keep coming here to church for a year, for instance, if your hearts are open, God will definitely respond in this way. Or maybe, like Zacchaeus, you came in feeling distant from God. But having listened today, you're excited by the prospect of meeting Jesus and your hearts are becoming more open to change. Well, if that's the case, then why not speak to myself or Philip or anyone else with a little name badge attached to their shirt? They'd love to chat to you more. Or if that feels a bit daunting, then just come back next week. And as Paul referred to, we've also got an Alpha course, uh, which time and time again has proven a great way of finding more about the questions that are on your mind to do with God and Jesus. It starts in the beginning of the new year. Just uh, pop into the office or write uh, me an email. You can find my email on the website, hellotrinity.claygate.org.uk, and we'll sign you up for the course, which starts uh, next year. Let me finish then where Justin Welby began. Whoever you are, wherever you've come from, whatever your situation, whether you're a wonderful person in, or inside, you know you're not. 
whatever it is, if you are willing, Jesus Christ will meet with you today. Amen.